Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Oh, yeah, we are grooving this morning. Omar Kelly. Yours truly, Vladimir Lusain. Filling in for Joe Rose in Hollywood. Who are... Well, Hollywood's going to be joining us in an hour. He has to get ready uh, to do Hurricanes pregame. You know, for he, his illustrious season-ending pinstripe bowl. Hey, the pinstripe bowl in the Bronx, man. Uh, you know, beautiful. I, I, think the, I think the Hurricanes have played in that twice, correct? Uh, I do believe they've played in it. And they haven't won a uh, bowl game in a long time. So hopefully they can bring a victory here. That would be a good way to end the season. But, uh, you know, it'd be good. A good victory by the Canes this afternoon. And then Sunday afternoon, 1 p.m. in Baltimore. The biggest game to me of Week 17. Miami Dolphins on the road against the Baltimore Ravens. And your boy. Your boy, Omar. My podcast partner. Your my podcast bae. partner, Alan Pupar, joins us. Alan, how's it going this morning? It's doing great. Hi, hi Vlad. Long time no talk, no talk Omar. I know. I know. Uh, li- listen, um, I-, I-, I know you're an early riser, so um, let's let's make sure we deliver it for the fans here today because you are representing alldolphins.com um, where you can get your free Dolphins coverage. No no need to pay for a subscription uh, to a newspaper because Alan Pupard put up what six stories yesterday. There was six, but, and, and thanks for no pressure there. Yeah, I, I, I'm expecting you to uh, break that uh, to to break the bar and get the seven today. Um, let, let's and we also do the podcast together. You can find on on all dolphins on YouTube or anywhere you find streaming sites. Um, I, I thank you for that, Alan, because we've done what 177 straight podcasts. Yep. Uh, yep. Approaching 200. Every single day. Um, uh, uh, One thing that I always want people to know is that there's nobody in our market who does more of the playoff permeations and factors than you do. Now, I I keep hearing about the Cleveland Brown threat for the number one seed. No matter what happens here from a standpoint uh, regarding Sunday's game between Baltimore and Miami, what is the realistic possibility that the Browns could actually be the number one seed, or maybe take down Miami for, let's say, the number two seed? No, they can't take down Miami for the number two seed because if they don't, um, 
either then the Dolphins would be number one or then it would Baltimore, and then they would slide down to five as a wild card. Uh, for Cleveland to be the number one seed, they do need the Dolphins to win on Sunday. They also need for the Ravens to lose their season finale at home against Pittsburgh. And then they went to win. They need to win their final two games tonight against the Jets in Cleveland and at Cincinnati in week 18. Now, if that happens and then the Dolphins win Sunday, but lose at Baltimore, you're looking at the three teams wait, being 12 and lose five. At Buffalo. Sorry, but lose at home against Buffalo. Sorry. Um, then you're looking at three teams at 12-5. and five. Cleveland gets the division title in the AFC North because of a better division record than Baltimore. And then they would get the tiebreaker over the Dolphins for the number one seed because of conference record. Mm-hmm. Now, for Miami to get that number one seed, basically all they have to do is take care of their own business. Now, is there a way that Miami could possibly end up as the number one seed if they beat Baltimore but lose to Buffalo? Oh, but there could be. However, it would require now that would require some help. It would require Baltimore losing against Pittsburgh in week 18 and it would require the Browns to lose at least one of their last two because then it would put the Dolphins and Baltimore at 12 and 5 Cleveland would be 11 and 6 or 10 and 7 and then the Dolphins would get the head to head with the Ravens. Mhm. Um now let let's move on to the quarterbacking because um, I made the argument and wrote an alldolphins.com column that uh, you you mm, weren't necessarily in favor of just because of some word choices and usage because I said that Tua has elevated the talent around him in that includes the Brian Flores era, but we'll move on from there. Um, <laughs> okay. uh, I, After you suddenly throw that in there, sure, sure go for I, it. I, I, I don't want I don't want to hit the hornet's nest. I just want you to address the the the, the question. Um, I'm not, I'm not trying to make you go viral here, so I'm not trying to trying to you know pro- provoke the bear. But I made the argument in a column that if Tua beats Lamar Jackson or Tua. Tua's Dolphins wins over Lamar Jackson, no matter what he puts together statistically. Um, and then he beats Josh Allen against in, uh, and wins Buffalo and gets that number one seed. No matter what statistically he does, because his team is the number one seed and he's one of the top performing quarterbacks in the NFL, he will probably be the front runner for MVP honors. Is there any way that you can see this playing out differently if Tua leads the Dolphins to two straight victories during this difficult, tough stretch. Yeah, I don't think it's it's clear-cut, established, no doubt about it. Tua is the MVP of the Dolphins went out. Even though he might, he very well might be, I think if Tyreek Hill balls out in those next two games and puts up ridiculous numbers and has all, all of the key plays on offense, I understand uh, at the other end of a Tua pass, I think I think there will be some Tyreek Hill votes because of what he's meant to this offense and how, to me, he and I've said this many times on our podcast, as you as you're well aware, uh, I think he is what makes this Dolphin offense special. No matter how well Tua's performed, and I'm not taking anything away from Tua's performance. Tua has performed at an MVP level, and if he were to win it, nobody would say that's a complete joke and all that. Uh, having said all that. And again, to me, there's nuance with with the idea of a quarterback, quote-unquote, leading a team to a win, like Aiden O'Connell of the Raiders 
six for 21, like 54 yards passer rating in the 50s, and the Raiders upset the Chiefs because they scored two defensive touchdowns. Well, that wasn't Aiden O'Connell really leading the Raiders to the victory. It was a defense basically winning the game and the Chiefs tripping all over themselves. So I see where you're going with it, where you went with that, and there's merit to it. I just don't think it's that quite as clear-cut as, as you do. You just you think he has to ball. He has to ball, and, and it can't be a performance where, it, where he basically uh, eases into the number one seat. He's got to do something to contribute to it. Yeah, he, he can't. He can't be a passenger, or worse, he can't be. It can't be a case of the Dolphins won despite Tua. Okay, we're here talking with Alan Fafard. He is the publisher of AllDolphins dot com. He is my co-host on the All Dolphins podcast. Um, and, and now I'm, I'm about to. I am about to hit the hornet's nest here. Um, me and you, and now I've included Joe Shad of the Palm Beach Post into this. We've got an ongoing feud because. I'm always bothered when you call the Miami Dolphins a finesse team. It irritates me because you cannot be finesse when you've got a number four defense in the NFL, have set franchise records for sacks, be top five against the run, and then offensively you are a top two team in rushing and have been all season. Yes, you're taking on a little bit of water right now because your run game's struggling a little bit, but you're, and your backs are hurt. But how can you justifiably still consistently say that the Miami Dolphins are a finesse team? I know this bothers you more than if I were. The only thing that would be worse if I were to say the offensive line play is boring and those guys are, are irrelevant. That would really bother you. I know that would be... Yeah, that, that would be, be that would be a declaration of war. Because you, you know, there I feel Butch Barry is the MVP of the season. But oh, carry I know. on. I know. Uh, okay, let me make clarify. See, to me, it's never a case of always one extreme or the other. And I always bring that up whenever you you throw out the idea that the Dolphins are a physical team, and that's my immediate pushback. That. They're more of a finesse team. And, again, they're more of a finesse team. That doesn't mean they can't do the physical thing. And defensively is a different thing because you have to be sturdy or physical. Otherwise, you're going to get run over, and we know the Dolphins don't do that. And the only defense, and I wasn't even sure I would use the word finesse, but the only defense I can think of maybe in my lifetime that wasn't, like, really physical, more built on speed was Jimmy Johnson's Dallas defense of the early 1990s with the Cowboys which was something he had done at UM, um, where they were, they were so much faster than opposing offenses that they control the play like that. So going back to the, the Dolphin on offense, yes, can play the power game, but they, are, they beat defenses a lot more with their motion, their speed, their misdirection, their quick passing than they, would, than they will by physically overpowering opponents, such as a Baltimore, for example, such as a Tennessee when they're good, and then they were right a couple of years ago, such as the Eagles, those type of teams. Mm-hmm. That better? Um, I still want you to say that the Dolphins are not finesse. They're more finesse than power, but they have all elements. That better? No, you still said you still called them finesse. They're, they're you still they're, said they're that more they're, finesse than power. Uh, okay, uh, they they are they are a well versed versatile team. They are not a finesse team because you continue to label them as a finesse team. 
And that doesn't yeah. that doesn't sit well with me, especially when you're going into a big physical matchup against against the Baltimore Ravens on Sunday. We're here talking with Alan Papar. So in your mind, Alan, final question, what is going to be the key to victory for Miami to walk away from Baltimore victorious? Yeah, yeah, that's a tough one to me because we, we can always go with the obligatory win the turnover battle. I mean, that's kind of yeah. pretty simple. Uh, they can't get overwhelmed at the line of scrimmage as they were in the second half against Buffalo, but they were extenuating circumstances. First game with Connor Williams. Teron leaves the game late in the second quarter. Uh, and to maybe a little bit lesser extent against the Eagle as well. I, I think, and this is where the physicality wouldn't come into play. If the Dolphins can match the, the Ravens' physicality, because you know the Ravens want to play that dirty, smash-mouth, ugly-style football, uh, if you want to call it that, and I think, I think the Dolphins beautiful. have to be able to match that. I think it's beautiful, by the way. So it's no, beautiful. no, I know you do. Trust yeah. me, I know you do. Yeah, it's not ugly. Uh, but we're, you're hearing Alan Poupard. You can find Poupard's work at Poupard, P-O-U-P-A-R-T, NFL, on those Twitter streets, and I still call it Twitter. Um, and you can find his work at alldolphins.com. Free, for free, no monthly subscription for free, give you all the coverage that you get from all your major newspapers, uh, which includes my columns. Poop, I will see you later today at practice, and I will see you on these podcast streets at All Dolphins. Absolutely. Don't be a stranger. Yeah, yeah. We, we have to continuously talk to each other every single day. So right, I'll see you later, boo. Okay. Later, fellas. That's Alan Pupard joining us here. Uh, as usual, that's the entity that I work for now, alldolphins.com. And when we come back, we'll have Jeff, Jeff Darlington yes, uh, bringing us those NFL uh, ESP, bringing us NFL coverage from those ESPN streets and he Fort a, Lauderdale streets. And he had a conversation with Tua. Yeah. He had a conversation with Tua for the, the four letter, and he talks about that. So Jeff Darlington talking to Joe Rose. On the Joe Rose Show, 560 WQA. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Yeah. It is time to head out to the Toyota of Hollywood Holland. Shop hundreds of Toyotas indoors in one of America's largest showrooms at Toyota of Hollywood on 441 between Hollywood and Sheridan. All right. Always great catching up at the games with Jeff Darlington from ESPN, especially after his one-on-one with Tua Tungavailoa, which only Jeff gets. Good morning, Jeff. How you doing, buddy? Hey, Joe. Just hanging out here, just trying to find a place in my house to hide, you know? 
<laughs> you say, the, you say uh, I forgot the kids are home. That's right, man. I, I, I the kids home. <laughs> you know? hey, hey, I got to ask you. I got a lot, a lot of stuff to get to. First of all, um, doing a one-on-one with Tua, I know you yeah. couldn't run the whole thing. What uh, What'd you think? He's, he, uh, I, I really just enjoy his presence. He is a, a unique guy. He's not um, – it's not like I have the same relationship with him that I have with some players around the league where, you know, you feel like, oh, wow, I got this great connection with this yeah, guy. And, right. Yeah. He's not like that. Um, I, he, I think he lets very few people into his, his world, and he's very private. That being said, he is such like a calming presence when he is around. And like as we're sitting there together, he just has this, um, this really genuine, authentic, calming vibe that, um, that I think really resonates, if I was to, to guess, in a locker room. I think that that really goes a long way with the type of players that, that you have in the NFL today. Um, I just think that that's like an underrated quality for a leader of a team to be able to walk into a huddle or walk into a locker room and be very well liked, but also just yeah. calming. You know, I, yeah. I don't know exactly how to explain it, but well, um, everybody's got an opinion cool. on the guy, Jeff. It's incredible. So no matter where you go, you go to a party. Somehow, Tua's name gets brought up, and everybody in the room—women, men. Everybody, maybe more so than any other player in the league, everybody's got an opinion on him, good or bad. I'm not saying it's yeah, all a love fest. Yeah, have, I, it's kind of like Dak Prescott for me, which you know, I, I, coincidentally he just played. Like everybody wants to like hate on Dak and has an opinion on Dak. If you think that Dak is by any means like not a great leader or not a good locker room guy or not in, in, in some capacity any kind of not a good person, you're just wrong. Like, it's not even an opinion. It's objectively wrong. <laughs> like, Tua is a good human who you should want to be the leader of your franchise. And I get it. Most people probably say, well, that's not the that, – if I do have a problem with him, that's not it. I don't know what it would be. Like, this whole game manager thing. I, I mean, if I was running a team, if I was the head coach of a team, do you know that, like, the first thing I would say I wanted out of my quarterback? Game management. Yeah. Like, <laughs> And I, I don't know. I, I, uh, I, I always, I also always, you know me, Joe. I don't really know football very well, but I feel like I know people decently well. And I always tell friends when asked about different players, like, and I would say, get your kid his jersey. And Tua Tungavailoa is one of those guys. Yeah, no, I agree, man. Hey, that's, hey, that's the right investment. If you got a problem with him. Like, it's got to be something he did on the field because it can't be anything uh, away from football, number one. But but the yeah. other thing that's crazy about this this Tua thing, so so this game manager thing and giving the, the running back and the coach and the wide receivers all the credit, it seemed to bother Tua a little bit. You heard that press I think conference he gets a little bit. Yeah, yeah, like, hey, I man, if, he if that's what you want to believe, then believe it. Take it. Mostert. Tyreek, I get it, man. I get they're they're really good players, and and you want to give them all the credit. Give them all the credit. Yeah, and I don't I don't take it, and it's not it's not him slighting his teammates by any means. I, I think he means that he's authentic about that. Like he's basically saying in in that regard, like I don't want to be a part of your conversation. Have whatever conversation you want 
about who I am and what I do, um, I don't want to be a part of it. I'm confident in who I am. I'll tell you this. In my opinion, and this is just an opinion, Tua Tungavailoa has played himself into a franchise role with this team. And I didn't necessarily believe that going into the season. But the relationship that he has with his head coach, the relationship that he has with his teammates, um, I don't know how you don't yeah. invest in him beyond uh, now. I, I mean, I, I and um, I would I would guess that they would at this point. But I, I just think when you look at the whole body of work, I don't know what more you're looking for. And he you, has done he has done everything that you could possibly expect from him. Uh, because you know Mike McDaniel as well as anybody. I got to ask him. It's been a while. Um, what he has done with this team, obviously, mm-hmm. and I mean he has been the piece that came right down the middle. They brought love back and communication yeah. back, and it's okay yeah. to get along and play together, mm-hmm. and let's go win games, and everybody can be better. And I like the guys on yeah. this team. You don't have to overhaul it. Even some of the coaches can stay. And he's done all these things. Has he surprised you from the guy that you've known all these years as, as an assistant coach to what he's doing? Um, n- no, not not in many regards, no. Um, if there's any surprise, and I, I wouldn't say it's a surprise like I was expecting otherwise, but I just didn't know what to expect. I know how he is as a person, and you know, I knew that it was going to take a minute for people to be like, this guy is so weird. Uh, to get from that to be like, to be like, oh man, this is like, yeah, um, a quirkiness that resonates, and uh, I knew that was going to take a minute, but I I knew that personally just from how long I've known him. Um, uh, the biggest thing for me was would he be able to do the things that a head coach can do from like organizing practice, and um, he has passed all of that with flying colors. Organizing a game, I know people still want to kind of get on him a little bit about time management at times. I think it's been much better this much year than better. Yeah. last year. Right. But that, but to me, that's like, he, he's a first time head coach. Like, what do you want? You, you know, you have to go through those growing pains. And I think that he has really um, grown. Uh, he was already in a really good spot in, in to begin with and coming in, but he's yeah. really grown in a lot of ways in that regard. You know, Jeff. Um, at the other night at the uh, at the Christmas party with with the family, it came up. Your interview came up, and I didn't bring it up. Somebody else brought it up and said they thought that that interview you did with a coach, where he opened up about some of the things that's happened in his life, mm-hmm. and that the team signed off on all all the things that had to happen for you to like and, and like everybody. Like I told you, I was on the bus, and some of the guys were seeing it for the first time, didn't know about it, and heard us talking about it. And I saw, without saying names, they, they wanted to see it. And they were, like, blown away. Um, what I, They think that really helped the whole relationship with the team. Like, man, he's a regular dude. This guy's gone through he's gone through his own stuff, man. It's uh, really helped him in the, in the locker room. Yeah. Do you agree? I mean, I, I think his story, I mean, however it gets to those players, is going to help. I mean, he says it all the time. Um, adversity is opportunity. You hear him say more and more lately, like he'll come to his press conference and say, you know, this guy, Jason Sanders, like everybody doubted him. Yeah. Um, you know, Steve Ross, he said it about Steve Ross the other day, you know, Steve Ross is self-made people that, you know, he, I think takes great pride in his story. And I think that he kind of likes the idea of 
we're all a bunch of misfits and we're going to, we're going to come together and be great. Um, and, and I think when people can see his story and do learn his story, um, they, they embrace that, you know, but, but I'll say this, you can have that story. Um, you can have that, that background. And if you're not consistent with your messaging, if you change week to week, like players will eventually see through it. Right. And he doesn't. That's one of the things I think that's, and I know this talking to people in the organization that they love about Mike. He is so consistent week to week with his messaging. And I think that that goes a really long way with these players. Um, you, you come in after a loss or you come after a win or you come after getting attention yeah. and you've got a different attitude or cockiness or whatever. These guys will sniff that out and see right through it. And, yeah. Yeah. And I think that he doesn't. The great gift from California, man. No question about that. All right, so I got to ask you this one because it's popped up today again. Everybody's bitching about officiating. Coaches more, players more. <laughs> Is it that bad? I know there's a lot of things. No. What, what are your thoughts? Pass interference. Nobody knows what it is. It should be called. It wasn't called. It is called. What, what, everybody what? gets them. I mean, I, that's my only thing. Like, everybody's going to get theirs. And everybody's going to get good calls and bad calls. Like, I don't know. I, I hear you. I mean, I, I'm, I'm raising a son right now who's eight years old, and I get so annoyed when he the other day starts yelling about the officials. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, shut up. <laughs> like, you know, like, you can't blame, stop blaming the officials. And if I'm saying that to my kid, I guess I should be saying that to everybody. <laughs> yeah, no, it's... But, you know, then again, like, I, I will say, like, I watched... And this is not his fault, but the other day Lamar Jackson trips over the official and gets an intentional grounding call. Like, I would love some logic to be applied at times. Like, hey, guys, I'd love the guy to get on the mic be like, hey, guys, we screwed that up. <laughs> right. That was our bad. <laughs> We're going to go ahead and pick up that flag. Yeah. We're going to do that one over. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. Apply some logic. But I don't know. I think it's, I think it's every year. I think when, when, uh, when you've got a good team and something bad happens, you love them so much. It's like my mom with my ex-girlfriends. Like, my ex-girlfriends didn't have a chance, you know? They're the referees. <laughs> right. No matter what I did, By the way, the, she, she was blaming her. The greatest call of all time, any girl I brought home from college, uh, yeah. and some, most of the time they were shorty girls that came from money, and it was like, oh, that's God, not what you so come from. That's not what you come from. Uh, Their yeah. background, you, no way. I go, Mom, you made it that's clear. You act like you hated her. You might as well put her in the garage and gave her a sleeping right. bag. It was terrible. Yeah, Joe, you got any pictures? <laughs> there are probably. I do. I do have some. But I, lo- I look so bad, I wouldn't want that long hair and that huge gap. I, didn't oh. want to, I don't want to have to show that. Yeah. Trying to get sorority girls at the AD Pie House and the DGs. Can't and, even, yeah. can't even imagine. Pie Fies, uh, all that stuff. Yeah. If there was a. <laughs> Only you start bringing. Why is it every time I do this with you and the other day we're talking. About stuff to help you in bed. I mean, only you bring it out, and what? it's that awkward moment, and you and I are the only two talking, and the rest of them take off and run. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> One time back in the day, I had to get on. Um, you used to come into the building when I was covering the team, and I would never get any work done. And I went to a psychologist, and I said, I got this problem. I can't get any work done. <laughs> and I, and, they, and he said, do you get frustrated in traffic, too? I said, yeah, I do get he said, well, here's a prescription for um, Adderall. You have ADHD. <laughs> the next thing you know, I was hooked on Adderall because of you. 
It wasn't even, I didn't even have ADHD. It was just that you would come into the building and talk to me so much. And then I was like, well, I'm not, I don't have ADHD. I got to stop taking this medicine. Oh. It was just because of you, Joe. <laughs> Thanks. You know what they say, I show up, nobody gets anything done, man. I get no, way too that. much. For, you and I together are not good years. there, brother. Not, no, not, not a good, good combo. Sometimes. Hey, J.D., yep. always great having you, man. Thank you so much. All right. I appreciate Thanks, it. Joe. Have a great holiday the rest of the way, bud. Thanks. Yeah, man. Sounds good, you too. Yeah. Last segment of this hour. The Joe Rose Show. Vladimir and Omar Kelly filling in for Joe. Give me a mellow vibe right now, Vlad. Yeah, well, you know. I forget what the, the what's the name of this that that This is Bar- this is Steely Dan, do it again. Okay, yeah. You gotta you know, you gotta you know, gotta mellow it out. Mellow it out, nine o'clock, you got people walking into work. People are working right now. I thought everybody's on a holiday vacation. Is that is that what everybody's doing? Because I, I never understand. I mean, the roads are clear, so I guess people aren't going to work. Clearly, you know. Um, I, I sometimes I get envious about the fact that um, everybody's vacationing during these vacation seasons, and I have to continue to work. But the reality is, there is no better time of year than right now in sports from the standpoint you're going to have a hurricane game today. This yes. is going to end the college season, especially for you locally. Pre-game begins right after this show in an hour. Yeah. I mean, you got the major bowl games coming up, so somebody's going to win a national championship game. We do have the uh, we do have the major six bowls, uh, the Orange Bowl between who at Florida State has. Are there really six? Well, I mean, you still have the Orange Bowl, Sugar Bowl, Fiesta Bowl, Rose Bowl, and, and the national is, uh, title game. Yeah, I mean that that sounds like five to me. And Orange Bowl, Sugar Bowl, Fiesta Bowl, Rose Bowl, National Title. Citrus Bowl. Huh? Citrus Bowl. Really? Mm-hmm. Is it the six? It's the New Year's six. That's there's six bowls that's played on New Year's Day. Okay, just because you play on New Year's Day, that doesn't necessarily make you that, like hey, listen, just because you decided that you wanted to be on New Year's Day. Yeah, listen, Omar. I mean, a citrus many bowl isn't NBA exactly teams, an orange bowl. Many NBA teams want to be one of the ten teams to play on Christmas Day. So if you're selected to play on New Year's Day as a college football team, you're very happy. You're getting millions, and you're going to be watched by many. I mean, did you deserve it, though? That I Well, listen, a lot of things you may deserve. That's you true. You go undefeated, and you may not be in a college football playoff picture. People get a lot of things they don't deserve in life. You know, you're you're absolutely right. I apologize. The Miami Dolphins, if they do right this Sunday and the following Sunday— what they get is what they deserve, and they will get the number one seed in the AFC, and they would deserve it because they beat the teams they needed to beat to get that distinction. And they peaked at the right time. And for those who don't understand the significance of the number one seed in both conferences, that team is the only team that gets a bye. Their bodies get to rest, recuperate, heal. They get a week to game plan, add a little bit of special sauce to a lot of things that they're doing, um, narrow in their focus. Now, the teams that continuously play, I, I wouldn't say that they're put at a disadvantage. I think the number one thing you need is home field advantage. But that bye with home field advantage throughout the entire playoffs, except for the Super Bowl, where basically everybody's got to go through you, Woo! 
That's big. That is huge. Because think about it. If they do get the number one seed, right, that means their only road trip in six, seven weeks would have been to Baltimore. Absolutely. And then Vegas. And then, well, yeah. But that's every everybody wants to get there. Yeah. Everybody, everybody wants to go there. But, everybody gets a road but trip if on you, that one. Right. If you beat Baltimore, your only road game in December, you you have, yeah, you have not gone on the road on, at all from January to February. Like, you've only gone on the road one time in six to seven weeks. That's why I think with the injuries we were talking about earlier, that that's why winning this game and getting that number one seed might be more important for Miami because of the fact that you can rest, you can get some rest for Teron Armstead. You can get a healthier Jalen Waddle because we all know high ankle sprains. Are, eh, yeah, they don't eh, play. They don't play. Yeah, they say when they say four to six weeks, it's really, it's more like six to eight weeks. I don't know if a high ankle is four to six weeks, but I I really hope in Jalen Waddle's case it's it's not. So I think more so than pretty much any team right now, I think they need that one week off just to get these guys healthy and make a strong strong run. Uh, to Vegas and when we come back in the final hour of the show we will talk about what the keys the Dolphins need to get this victory in Baltimore on Sunday more of the Joe Rose show with Vladimir and Omar Kelly here on 560 WQAM we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on Netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 